okay? So we started off the series talking about how everything belongs to God. It's all yours, Lord. And that was the focus in the very first uh, message that, that everything we have belongs to God. And so when we steward our finances, we do it with the mindset that this is God's. And so we should ask ourselves a question or ask God the question, what do you want me to do with this money that, that is ultimately yours? Uh, and then we talked about the dangers of wealth in First uh, Timothy 6. Uh, Paul warned Timothy about the love of money and those who desire to be rich and how it makes them vulnerable to temptations and, and leads many people astray. And so we looked at the dangers of wealth and, and how to counteract that by being a giver, by being content, by by uh, by viewing everything that you have as from God. And then Pastor Mike did an excellent job last week in talking about the grace of giving. He did a wonderful job handling the scripture on what it looks like to respond to the grace of God and be like God in our generosity and giving to others. And this week we, we thought it would be helpful to have a practical message on, on from the book of Proverbs, just wisdom and managing our money. Because we, we may hear hear some of these texts and, and know, yeah, you want me to sort my treasures in heaven, right, God? You want me to be generous, right? You want me to give. You want me to honor you. But what does that look like on the ground level? And so we want to try to answer some of those practical questions from the book of Proverbs. And Proverbs is just loaded with insight on the issue of money. So imagine with me for a moment that you were the owner of a, of a company, a large company, and you were also the manager of the money of that company. So you managed, you, you kept an eye on, you stewarded all the money in that company. Based on how you have stewarded and handled the money that you have in your own account over the last year, would you fire yourself based on your stewardship of your own finances? If that company was your bank account and your own money, would you get somebody else who can handle that money for you? That may be a challenging question for some of us. And, and, and I hope that as we focus on this today, that nobody feels condemned because we have all made some major mistakes when it comes to the issue of finances. And the book of Proverbs gives us wisdom for living. The book of Proverbs is in our Bible so that you and I can learn the art and the skill of living life well. We need to learn to live life well. And so we're going to look, start with Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 3, starting in verse 1. It says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace will they add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so that you will f- find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Turn away from evil. It'll be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. So we're going to start here. We're going to look at five different uh, passages here this morning uh, from Proverbs. The big idea is this, is that 
God is honored through wise and faithful stewardship of our finances. And we save ourselves from unnecessary pain through faithful stewardship of our finances. So God is honored through wise and faithful stewardship of our finances. And we save ourselves from pain. Again, Proverbs teaches us how to live a good life, how to live well, the art and the skill of living well. And it, and it can keep us from much pain if we will heed the instructions given in the book of Proverbs. So the first thing that I want to point out this morning is that Proverbs teaches us that it is wise to honor God with our wealth. That's that's a very simple truth there. In this text, one it, it starts off with this language of my son. So there's this parental wisdom being imparted. My son, do not forget my teaching. And he goes on and he gives some great instruction on following God, honoring God and living life. And one of those pieces of of wisdom that he gives from a parental perspective is honor God with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your produce. Billy Graham says this, uh, he says about, about the issue of finances. If a person gets his attitude towards money straight, it will help him straighten out every other area of his life. That's a pretty weighty statement. One of the things I've discovered in this study or my eyes have been open to is how connected our our management of our finances is to our spiritual life. Think about Zacchaeus when he came to the Lord. Think about how he handled his finances differently after he came to the Lord. It says in in Luke 19, he, he restored fourfold to everybody he defrauded financially. He gave half of his goods to the poor. Okay? And Jesus says, hey, today salvation has come to this house. This guy got saved and it affected not only his words and not only his relationships, but it affected his pocketbook. It affected how he how he handled his money, how he spent his money. Uh, think about the, the woman, uh, the sinful woman in Luke 7 who had this alabaster jar, this expensive, uh, costly oil, and she's pouring it on Jesus. She experienced the mercy and the grace of Jesus. And she's responding in abandoned worship, and her worship is not merely a song. She wasn't just saying, worthy, worthy, worthy are you, Lord. She was pouring out her life savings on this man, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, because he changed her life. And through the, the money that God has entrusted us, we have a way of communicating to God and before others that God is worth it. That Jesus is worth it. That Jesus is better than any riches that this world has to offer. Through our wealth, we can communicate that message. I, I was brought to tears this morning when I looked over at my son and at my children and they were watching as I was singing that song. The alabaster jars, all I have are worth, worthy, worthy, worthy. Here I am, take me. And just my, my, my children seeing me sing about the worth of Jesus. And as a dad, I don't want them to just merely see me sing about or talk about Jesus being worth it. I want them to see it in my actions and in my life and the way that I give. Give myself away and give my resources away to to those around me. 
Uh, I heard about Francis Chan's son realizing he, something kind of hit him. Francis Chan gives all the proceeds of one of his books away in, I think, maybe Crazy Love. And, and, and like, that's a huge seller. Like, and he gives all that away to kingdom and kingdom things. And so he could be like, he could have a lot of wealth coming in from, from, uh, from that book. And it, it kind of, his son had this light bulb moment. And, and, and his son was like, dad, I'm so, I'm so proud of you. Or like, he was, he was impacted by his dad's actions to give all that, to not touch all that wealth that could be his and give it away to kingdom purposes. And, and just think about the kind of legacy you want to leave with your children. You think about how you want to teach your children to show that Jesus is worth it. To, to worship God, not only with our lips, but with our lives and with our resources and all that we have. And this, this parental wisdom in, in Proverbs 3, 9 says, honor the Lord with your wealth. And just think about that. What does it look like for you in this season of life to honor God with what you have, whether it's little or whether it's much? That's a question we should all consider as we uh, live our lives before God in worship. And my tendency, I'm, I'm just going to be honest, my tendency is to not focus on my finances very much. See, some people spend way too much time focus on, focusing on what's, what's in the bank. And, and maybe one, people do it out of, out of being a faithful steward. So that's a good thing. We need proper attention on it. But then others may, may do it because they, they care too much and they love money too much and they, they want money too much because they think that it's going to promise happiness and deliver happiness. Uh, but, but my, my error, my leaning is towards not, is to not focus on it enough. Like I love the proverb, proverb 30, where it says, give me neither poverty nor riches. Yeah. Give me neither poverty nor riches. I don't want all that stuff. Just give me enough to get by and to make it in life. And he says, lest I be poor and steal and profane your name, or lest I be rich and I be full and I deny you. Like, so I, I cling to stuff like that, but, but in, in my, my kind of out of balance, uh, uh, view that I've had towards money growing up, uh, I've leaned too far the other way of not, not giving it, giving it the proper attention needed to really honor God with what I have. Now, I will say this. Since I've been a Christian, I've been a tither. Since the very first, since, since I started following Jesus, I, I, I learned that, that tithing is a way that I can honor God. Give, I, I've given 10% of my income uh, to the church that I've been a part of. I've, I've given that to honor God. But then there's this whole other 90% that needs to be stewarded and managed well to honor God. Like as, as if it's okay that I, I just give my 10% and then go blow the rest of my money on foolish things. Rack up my credit card. Eat out too much, right? Uh, and each of us have felt the pain of making unwise decisions when it comes to wealth. I'm sure each of us has been have been suckered in to maybe purchasing something that you shouldn't have purchased. And you're like, why did I buy that vase? Or why did I get those shoes? Man, that dude just sold me, you know, like and, and it just it hurts. It stings. It's like, man, I just made a foolish decision with my money. And we've all felt it. And so don't feel condemned. If you've made some foolish decisions recently concerning spending, there's there's mercy, there's grace. But I tell you what, pain is not the ideal teacher that we want to learn from. When we fail to honor God 
with our wealth and we fail to apply his wisdom principles that given to us in scripture when it comes to our money, we will experience the pain of things not going well for us. God, God's smarter than we are. Like he, he knows how things work. And so it is wise for us to honor God with our wealth. Um, the next thing is this, is to know what you have and where it's going. This is, this is a very practical thing. This is, this is something that I've needed to hear and apply to my life. Um, know what you have and where it's going. Proverbs 27, 23 says, Know well the condition of your flocks and give attention to your herds. For riches do not last forever. Does a crown endure to all generations? And so this, this proverb says, know well the condition of your flocks and give attention to your herds. You may hear this and you may be like, well, I don't have any flocks, Pastor Keith. This, this was the livelihood in, in the ancient world of, of ancient Israel. This was the livelihood of a family. This was a, this was a farming culture. So crops and your farm animals were your, were your income, were your wealth, right? And so this, this particular Proverbs says, know well the condition of your flocks and give attention to it. Notice the, the rest of these verses here. It says, uh, when the grass is gone and new growth, growth appears and the vegetation on the mountains is gathered, the lambs will provide your clothing, the goats, the price of a field. There will be enough goat's milk for your food and food for your household and maintenance for your girls. So know what you have. And so in practical terms for us today, what that means is, is like, get a budget, right? Get a budget. And all the financial advisors, that's one of the things that they're all going to tell you to do. If like, if you want to be a faithful steward of what you have, write it down, get it on paper, know what you have coming in and know what you have going out. So we live in a day where there are all kinds of things that we can spend our money on and all kinds of subscriptions that we sign up for. And like we may completely forget that we signed up for it. And here's five dollars going out here, ten dollars going out here, fifteen dollars going out here. And then, you know, the a restaurant we went to double charges us. And, and you know, and, and so there's all kinds of ways that 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 there, our, our money can just kind of leave our bank account. Money's moving as uh as one financial advisor would say, money's always moving and it tends to move towards those who manage it well. Right? And so we want to be, as faithful stewards, we want to be those, as wise stewards, we want to know what we have and know where it's going. You may be surprised if you haven't made a budget, if you haven't written out what you have and, and, and what's coming in and what's going out, you may be surprised at some of the things that are going out uh, out of your, your, your bank account. Um, John Maxwell says that a budget is telling your money where you want it to go instead of you wondering where it all went. A budget, having a budget is telling your money where you want it to go instead of wondering where it all went. And by the way, I'm preaching to myself here. Okay, I need to to hear this. Uh, This is a conversation that my wife and I have had. Uh, This is a number one point of tension in many marriages. This has been a point of tension in, in my marriage the issue of money. And so if we learn to steward it well and honor God with it, know what we have and where it's going, we can save ourselves some conflict in the marriage. We can save ourselves some pain. And none of us want to, want to have pain as our teacher. We want, we want wisdom to be our teacher. So here's, a, here's another principle here is be faithful with the little. And this is huge. 
Proverbs 28.20 says that a faithful man will abound with many blessings, but whoever hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. Proverbs 13.11 says wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers it little by little will increase it. So be faithful in the little. Be faithful with whatever you have in this life. And this is what... This is what Jesus is going to emphasize. One of the things he emphasizes when he shares these parables on in Matthew 25, on the parable of the talents, uh, and Luke 16, the, the, the shrewd uh, manager who, uh, he, he makes these statements. He who is faithful and little will be faithful much. Okay, he, he who is not faithful and little will not be faithful and much. And so the kingdom perspective, the Christian perspective, when it comes to work, when it comes to finances, when it comes to life, is just be faithful in the little. Just be faithful in the little. Proverbs 13, 11, there, that, that's a great verse for savings. Whoever gathers little by little will increase it. Uh, when I think about this principle, I think about, we got the kids here, the tortoise and the hare. Y'all all know the story of the tortoise and the hare. You got the hare, the rabbit, who is super fast and overconfident. And he's like, I got this. I know where I'm going. I got this race. And you got this turtle who's just, he's slow, but he's steady. And he's, and he's just trucking away. Who wins the race? The turtle wins the race. Why did the turtle win the race? Okay, he, he's chilling. He, he's being lazy, right? He was being lazy. The Proverbs talk a lot about laziness and that leading to poverty. If you want to be poor, be a lazy person. So be faithful with the little. This, this is encouraging. So imagine for a moment, you're standing before God. Your life is over. You die. And you're standing before God and you're, you're giving, a, you're giving an account for everything that you you have, everything that you've stewarded your whole life, not just your money, but your relationships, your words. Jesus said you'll have to give an account down to every idle word that you've spoken. So just put that in perspective. I, I think this is huge. If we're going to be faithful and wise stewards of our money, we need to keep in mind that one day, we have a master, we have a Lord that we're going to see face to face and we want to experience joy, not shame when we see him. And we want to hear those words from our Lord Jesus, well done, good and faithful servant. You see, that is one of the greatest rewards and that's one of the things we should live for when it comes to stewarding our lives and finishing well and living well in this life. We live for that day when we see him face to face and we have confidence we have confidence that we've been faithful with what he's entrusted. And, and this may not always look like, you know, you know, a bunch of prosperity. I, I, again, I want to just communicate. I am not a prosperity preacher and I struggle with talking about this because I in no way want to come across as a prosperity preacher. But there are desirable results that come from honoring God's principles of uh, being wise with with our, our wealth. And I don't want to deny that. I don't want to deny that if, according to Proverbs, things will go well for you financially if you follow these, these principles. But it's, it's a generalization because there are also people who are very wise and do very good with their money and then just experience catastrophic circumstances that are out of their control. 
That's why we have the book of Ecclesiastes for that caveat. There, there are things that we can't control that will happen to us in life. But generally speaking, if you follow God's principles of wisdom and scripture, life will go well for you. You know, you honor God with your money. You're faithful with, with what you have. You know what you have and you manage it. You, you keep track of it. You, uh, next point here, you're be diligent and have a plan. Uh, Proverbs uh, 21.5 says, The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. There's a little saying, haste makes waste. It's true. I mean, we've all made some hasty, quick, foolish decisions. If we would have just slowed down and said, God, what do you want me to do here? If we would have slowed down and opened up this word and, and looked for insight and looked for ways that we can honor God and follow God's instruction, follow God's wisdom, we could save ourselves from much pain. Proverbs 10, 4 says, a slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent make rich. And again, I'm not going to deny the reality that if you're diligent and you're faithful and you plan well, things will go well for you. And this is a stinger for me because I'm not like Mr. Super. Mr. Super Planner, I'm more spontaneous, as Pastor Mike mentioned last week. I'm more, and this is good for me to be reminded of this, that, that God calls us to, to kind of see the big picture in mind and plan for it. Plan for a rainy day. So financial advisors will say to, you know, have saved up at least three months of savings in your, in your savings account so that if a rainy day comes, like, uh, your car breaks down, transmission goes out, or, you get an emergency room hospital visit or just things that you would never expect to happen that come up. Uh, you can you can kind of have some cushion for that. So that's just a wise thing to do. Uh, there's another proverb that says that the prudent foresees evil and he hides himself. And so it's wise to have some savings and to have a plan for how you're going to get there. And if you're somebody who is in debt, which is the next point, avoid debt, uh, Proverbs teaches us. It can help bring you a peace of mind to have a plan in place to, to how you're going to get out of it. I hate what debt does to people. The pressure, the suffocation, uh, where, where folks just don't feel free because of it. And I, and I'm speaking from experience. Because I've experienced the weight and the pressure of letting credit cards rack up and, and, and stuff just, and it just kind of adds up. You know, we don't want to let our master cards master us, right? And, and so the, the Bible, let me, let me say this, that the Bible doesn't say clearly that debt is sin. Okay, so if you have debt, I'm not saying you're in sin because you're in debt. It's not ideal. It's not wise to go into debt. And you can save yourself some pain and you can keep yourself from being yoked and weighed down from the burden that debt Debt brings. You can save your marriage the tension, the pressure, conflicts, fights, arguments, and and then and then you by avoiding debt, you can have the freedom to say yes to God if He says, "Hey, do this, do that," because you have a little bit more cushion or you have more room. One of the reasons why many folks go into debt is there's a tendency to live beyond our means, to, to live beyond our means, or you know we we want that. Has to be that brand new car, 2018 versus the 2016, right? Or that brand new house, or, or whatever. Uh, and, and so, having a mindset that, that that you you can live beyond your means with a credit card, 
will get you in big trouble. All right. And I know there's there's several folks here who struggle with that. And and my my hope in, in this message is to just give some encouragement. I'm not saying anything new to many of you. This is very simple, basic stuff. I think we all know that we need to have a budget. Right. So the thing that what it boils down to is, are we going to be diligent and and work that budget, right? And and apply that. And so God wants us to be free. He wants us to be free to be generous. He doesn't want our debt to be our master or those that we're indebted to 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 control us. And so here's some application here: evaluate where you are, how how you're honoring God with your finances. And so in light of this series, in light of these texts, in light of what we've been talking about, really look at like, God, am I, am I really honoring you? And, and what adjustments do you want me to make so that I can really honor you? And then establish a budget and keep it. Uh, there's some great resources that can help with this. If you don't have a budget, one, you can just write it down on paper. And that's great. That works, right? But there's some stuff like uh, Mint. I don't know if anybody uses Mint besides... Us. It's a great resource, an app on your phone that it, it even gives you wise financial advice. So like if you're paying too much for car insurance, they'll have a little notification. You're paying $53 more a month than most people in car insurance. And so just little, little things like that can be helpful. Um, one of the things too I would recommend is just getting an Excel document and, and you get your, your income, what you have coming in. And, and then you, you, you subtract expenses and at the bottom you have the line, what's left over after, you know, all that comes out. And, and so you get an idea. And so that can help one, just help you know what you have, uh, and know where it's going and then kind of have a plan that if you're in debt, we're going to get out of debt. We're going to get out of debt. And, and by the way, this has been a point of prayer for me, for those here who I know, uh, are struggling with debt and have felt that pressure. I'm praying for you uh, in, in that. And, and we want to just help lift that burden. We want to want to pray, encourage you. And, um, and of course, one of the ways when my wife and I have had to tighten up on our finances, one of the biggest areas that we realized in budgeting and looking at the budget where where too much was coming out. Guess where it was? Say, say that again. Eating out, right? Okay. I'm like, I'm surprised how how much money can be dished out to eating out. I mean, we can save hundreds of dollars if we learn to to be frugal in that area of life. And if you're in debt, it's 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 you you need a plan and need some hope and you need some some direction in how to knock that out. So lastly, ask God for wisdom and seek it in his word for managing your finances. This is very simple, very practical. We all need wisdom with our finances. Whether you have very little or whether you are a wealthy person, you need wisdom in how to handle them in a way that honors God. And God says, if you ask for wisdom, he will give it to you. He wants to give you wisdom. He wants to save you from pain, from making foolish decisions. He wants to save you from that. And then seek it in his word. I mean, if you're going to ask for it, make sure you open up the book of Proverbs and read the book of Proverbs. Read Ecclesiastes. Read the wisdom literature that he's given us in scripture uh, if you're going to ask him for it. Amen? Yeah. If, if you're struggling here financially and you're in a tight spot, don't be ashamed to ask for help and just communicate the need. Um, who knows? I mean, 
there, there may be others here who are ready to, to give and ready, ready to help out. And uh, one time I went to a church, I was visiting a church and um, I, it, it was a big church and, and they were talking about giving and, and, uh, and they had everybody who was in debt stand up. And I was in debt at that time, but my pride wouldn't let me stand up. And, and, and they said, okay, everybody around, you see those standing up? They're in tight financial situation. They're in debt. And then, like, people got around and started giving to those who stood up. Like, and, and like, meeting the needs. I was like, man, I should have got up, right? <laughs> I should, I could have got out of this debt, you know? Uh, and, and, and so a lot of times it takes humbling ourselves. You know, and asking, asking for some help. And, and uh, that one, that, that positions yourself before God. God gives grace to the humble. Uh, and, and you don't have to feel ashamed. If you've made some unwise decisions and you've, you've got yourself in some trouble, uh, you don't have to feel ashamed about it. You know, God is so gracious. None, none of us have handled our finances perfectly. We have all sinned in this area. We've fallen short of honoring God with what he's entrusted to us. But here, here's the good news. Jesus has paid it all. We had a debt greater than we could ever pay off. There was no hope, no way of us getting out of that debt, our sin debt. And Jesus paid it all. And he lifted that that massive burden from us eternally so that we don't have to experience that. And so that that should free us up. And and God in this life wants us to avoid getting under that weight and that yoke of, of debt.